You sending the whoop? Shit, that's all you had to say. Get away from her, you bitch. Banana. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. You're not even interesting enough to make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density. You think I'm gorgeous? You want to kiss? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sending the Wolf. My name is Clark Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am, I'm actually recording this introduction uh, from vacation, which is why it's a little echoey. Um, But I'm so excited to be bringing you this episode this week. Today, my guest is Andrew Guy. If you don't know Andrew Guy, I am such a big fan. I love him. He is the best, which we talk about a little bit on the show, how, uh, you know, for for all the uh, dastardly characters, that he plays in various digital content. He is like the nicest, most lovely, wonderful human ever. Um, He is a caster for Clash Royale Esports, and he is known on the movie Trivia Schmodown, obviously, Um, and he's a great actor. And um, today, he and I are talking about the Wachowskis' The Matrix. So The Matrix is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, and... um, This is a movie that has such a legacy. It is a huge legacy. In the last 20 years, it has changed science fiction and fantasy um, and action movies forever. Um, It also has inspired incredible um, positive narratives about identity and learning about who you are and, and... that's fabulous, but it has also inspired some dark things lurking around on the internet. Um, so we talk about all of that. We also talk about, you know, the impact, as I mentioned earlier, I couldn't have Andrew Guy on the show who is known for his love of action movies. Um, could not have him on the show without talking about the impact that this movie has had on action films in general. Um, we also talk about the complicated villains on display here in The Matrix. Um, you know, P- Joe Pantoliano's Cypher is, is one of our favorite characters, which we get into at great length um, in the in the conversation. And finally, we talk about Paul Thomas Anderson. Because why not? Um, I I don't feel like this needs much of a big intro. You know, we had a great conversation. I'm excited for you all to hear it. Um, Just as a reminder, this weekend, we are doing our monthly watch along on Patreon. So if you are a $10 higher monthly contributor. We You get to vote on a movie and we all watch it. And so that's happening this Sunday over at patreon.com slash Clark Wolf. But if you are not uh, a contributor, that is also fine. I hope you enjoy this episode and this wonderful conversation with Andrew Guy about The Matrix. <laughs> like really excited cool i've looked up to you for a while oh yeah like i saw you in 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 the sd honestly is where i first saw you in schmodown and i've always thought you were attractive and talented oh i was like i wonder if i'm ever gonna get to know clark wolf because i didn't know if i was ever gonna 
go anywhere uh-huh. in the MTS. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because people come and go pretty quickly. But you have gone lots of places. We, we both have. Yeah. Yes. And cheers, <laughs> cheers to us. Cheers to us indeed. Well, actually, you know, I think I think talking about Schmodown a little bit is a good idea because okay. something that uh, I, by the way, the feeling is mutual. And you, <laughs> y- it's funny because, you know, there are people in the, in the Schmodown, which for the audience who maybe doesn't know is like wrestling, pro wrestling, but instead of actually physically fighting, well, you physically fight and we can get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> but, uh, but most of us just play movie trivia. Um, but I say that because, you know, we do play versions of ourselves or characters yes. in some ways. And for a lot of the heels in the league, you know, a lot of us sort of go out of our way to say like, no, 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 they're so nice. Everybody's so like actually right. nice. But I think that it, the consensus is that you are by far the most polar opposite. Oh, God, I hope so. Like everybody is just like, Andrew Guy is just the nicest best person ever. And it's it's true. We all feel that way. Well, thank you. Because I I remember when I first joined, I felt like, I was like, God, I, I'm just an asshole. Can I, I don't know if I can cross <laughs> you can. Okay. Yes, I, don't, yes. I won't go crazy or you anything. Can. But I was just like, man, I... I like I respect these people. I I've looked up to these people. I've watched these people, and then I just come in here and I'm so rude all the time. So I'm gl- I'm I'm very happy to hear you say that because I uh, I love being a bad guy in there, and I love letting that part of my personality, which mm-hmm. is like a part of our personalities, we never get to let out, yeah. which is just no filter, say everything, the worst thing you could say at all times. It's almost like a little therapeutic. It is. No, but you know what? It's funny because something that like Christian and I talked a little bit, um, it was before I teamed up with Rachel, but we talked a little bit about creating more of a character, um, mostly because I think it's a little, like Rachel and I, are, as to use the examples, we basically play ourselves. Like yeah. we're not really playing characters. It's kind of just like what you see is what you get. Um, but that said, we sort of experienced, you know, like uh, maybe it would be better for us dealing with the social media of it all if there was a little bit of a separation. Because they can be rough. Yeah, and it yeah. didn't feel as personal, you know? Um, and but and I, Christian and I have talked a little bit about like, you know, he's like, oh, would you ever want to go heal? And I was like, I mean, maybe. Right. But I just think it would be different because I think the audience like, wouldn't necessarily respond to... A certain type of like Roxy Stryer is a, such a good heel. Right, um, right. She's and she's the sweetest person, and like I love her. I, you know, we were friends in general, um, but she's such a good heel. Yeah, she's great. And at and but yeah, we Christian and I talked about it, and I was just like, I don't know if they would be able to. Yeah, and it's interesting too because of what you and Rachel did for the league, and and for all of, I mean, for everyone that participates, and especially the female viewers and female competitors. You guys are. It, it, you're like the heroes, you know? Right. So it does feel like it would break so many hearts <laughs> if you did turn heel. I would completely support it, <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. And yes, when talking about personalities, I can tell you as a heel, it does still just hurt as much. Yeah. The fan, the comments, I try not to even read them anymore, Same. honestly. It's just, what's the point? Yeah. No, I'll read isn't. all the comments on this, though. Yeah, well, this will be <laughs> this will be all good comments. And so, okay, we, um, to give, I gave, I give everybody, you know, the opportunity <clears throat> to pick movies that, um, you know, whether it's like on brand for them or mm-hmm. something they've never seen or, or a surprise that maybe the audience would go, oh, I wouldn't have. Like, for instance, Dennis Widmeyer, we were talking before we started yeah. rolling, he picked The Fellowship of the Ring, which I know was on your list. Yeah, and you said, you were like, I did not expect this, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and with Dennis, yeah, it was like, 
my girlfriend Chelsea and I were saying, Chelsea was like, oh, he's going to pick Rocky. He's definitely going to pick <laughs> Rocky. Like, there's no question. And then he comes out with Lord of the Rings. And I was like, so what? Good. But um, so that was a surprise. This one, not so much of a surprise. Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I threw other ones out there and you, they've all been covered, yeah. which makes sense because they're great. But The Matrix for me, it is totally on brand, right? Yes. Like Action Movie Anatomy, the action guys, it makes sense that I would pick that. Mm -hmm. But really all the movies that I picked were movies that just like really have a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. And this was, you know, this is the first R-rated movie I saw in theaters. Okay. I saw it with my sister in like fifth grade because my mom was very against me watching R-rated movies uh, unless they were martial arts movies with Bruce Lee in them. Wow. <laughs> she was wow. Like, she was like, it's okay. Violence, uh, martial arts violence is okay. But guns <laughs> and shooting and sex, no. And so I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> So I saw this with my sister, and it just it just blew my mind. Yeah, the Matrix changed my life. I mean, I can't imagine as a ten year old or whatever, or yeah. twelve year old. I guess yeah. how old are you? I was, I was twelve. Yeah. yeah, I was. I'm thirty one now. Yeah. So like, I can't imagine. Well, so let's back up. Is your where is your is your mom from, born in America? No, she is. Uh, she's born in Korea. She okay. moved here when she was uh, twenty. She she married a Mormon missionary. Whoa. And she did not speak a lick of English. Wow. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. And is that your dad? Uh, no, that's actually my sister's. So I have three older sisters. That's their dad. Okay. And then, um, so he's, he's white or Caucasian. I don't know. He's sure. white. I don't know sure. why I just corrected that. No, uh, and then my dad is Indian and okay. my mom is Korean. So they're half white, half Korean. I'm half Korean, half Indian. Wow. And, um, my sisters are, like I said, I'm 31. They're 41, 45 and 46. Whoa. Yeah, so it's very big gap there. But you're close. Are you you're close to yeah. Okay. Really really close. I've been an uncle since I was 5. I'm a great uncle of 2 now, oh, which my gosh. trips me out. And um honestly it was so great cuz I never had sibling rivalries. They were just like ants that were always around, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, my seeing it and me and my sister Leslie have always been the closest. Okay. Cause she's, I mean, 10 years, but she's still the closest in age. Sure. And so when she was like, we got to go see this movie, I was okay. Yeah. I'd love to. And you know? was, were, were movies something for you that you were always into? Yep. And was Leslie like the gatekeeper for you? Was mom sort of in there too? Uh, my mom loved movies. Uh, I, I was just always obsessed. I think our whole family really likes movies, uh -huh. but you know, uh, Ben Bateman, who is my co-host on my other shows, he always talks about how his dad and his brother and him were like the three movie guys. Uh -huh. And then for me, it was like my mom and, you know, I was raised by women. Yeah. So when Ben's brother went off to college, he left Point Break Okay. Back, and that's Ben's favorite movie. You okay. Know? When my sister left for college, she left Clueless behind. Yes. And I love me yes, some Clueless. Yes, it's so good. So our, growing up, our the movies that I watched were so vastly different. I was like all rom-coms, comedies. Wow. You know, Jim Carrey was like a hero in our house. Totally. And so this, again, like seeing an R-rated, cool, like badass action movie, like scientific, like I just didn't even know what had happened yeah. when, I, when I left the theater. It's fifth grade. It's um so this is a movie that I did not see in the theater. My so funny enough, I was I'm the older, I have a younger brother. He and I are not close. Mm. Um but we're close in age. There's only 3 years in between the two of us. And um and we it's funny because we do have similar interests. We just are personalities that do not get along. That's, that's uh, like me and my second oldest sister. Like I love her to death, but like I know if we weren't related, we would never hang out. Exactly. You know. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so that said, though, my parents were very strict on me, and I always loved movies, always since I can remember. Um, but my parents would.
would not let me see rated R movies. Okay. They were super strict on that, you know, and mostly because, to be honest, I would like sneak off and watch scary movies and then not be able to sleep and like cause <laughs> them. And my mom was like, I don't want to deal with this. I, like, my mom was so scared of horror movies growing up because she saw The Exorcist and, you know, all the best, yes. greatest classics in theaters. Yes. Oh, and then yeah. so that when I was coming up, she had hyped up how scared she got. She was like, I had nightmares for 10 years after I saw The Exorcist. I didn't watch a horror movie till I was uh, 17. Whoa. What was the first one? First movie, or maybe 16, Hostel was the first scary Whoa. movie I ever watched. How was that for you? I loved it. I love Hostel. I love I horror love movies. Hostel. And the first Hostel was so gnarly yeah. and just like... I, I like afterwards I was like sweating mm-hmm. <laughs> like my heart was racing and I was like oh my gosh this is a totally different movie experience yeah. I love this yeah that's cool. Well, I, I asked because, so when I was younger, my brother was, they, they didn't give it, they didn't give a shit what he watched. You know, okay. of course, it's always that. But also my brother was not easily scared. Like my brother was was able to process all of that so much easier than me. Got it. And so I remember my brother loved The Matrix. Okay. And, and he watched this movie a lot. And when I was re-watching it, um, for this conversation, I was amazed at how like much dialogue I have memorized, even really? though I was like, I've probably seen this movie twice. It's just all from hearing yes. it in the background. Yeah. That's amazing. Totally. And there was some, there was one sequence though. It's funny how when you go back, you go, wow, I, you, you either go, I know this so well, or sometimes you're like, never seen this before. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and the sequence where they're, they're in the walls. And uh, the yeah, yeah. And that that I was like never seen this part. Oh that, my gosh! I mean, like I and I have I've seen the movie, but I don't I didn't remember that. I mean that happens all the time, yeah. right? I mean you know especially from competing in the MTS, totally. you can watch a movie three or four times, and a question come up, you're like, what? It doesn't. Sometimes it really doesn't stick never, for whatever yeah. reason. Um, but it was it was fun revisiting the Matrix. I also think that the Matrix was so game changing, so fast, and it infiltrated pop culture so quickly that when I kind of went back and watched The Matrix for the first time, you know, when I was in high school or whatever, um, I knew all the gags from pop culture. Yeah. Bullet time, you know. The, the trench coats, every, the glasses. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And and so it's that funny thing of the comparison I always make is um, uh, Austin Powers and gold me- and gold, gold finger. Yeah. Like when you watch, go back and watch those, those old Bond movies having grown up on Austin Powers, you're like, I can't take this seriously. Right. Like, this is ridiculous. I know. Um, and that's sort of like, didn't have that same problem with The Matrix, but to an extent like, oh, I've seen this. Like I, you know? Well, totally, because it also got parodied a lot immediately. Yes. So then if, again, if you're not bought in, you don't have that nostalgic like feeling of like, oh my gosh, The Matrix changed my mm-hmm. life. You go and you watch and you're like, this movie thinks it's the coolest thing that's ever happened right. ever. Whereas if you're like me, I'm like, oh my God, this movie was and still is yeah. the coolest thing ever. It was fun too because, you know, I I did, it was fun. The opening scene is just like, they go for it. Yeah. Like you're in it. They don't, they don't butter <clears throat> you up. Like here comes the jumping and the walls and Carrie Ann Moss is like, like such, I mean, that uh, was the other thing is being raised by four women. Totally. I was like, oh my God. This is the most badass chick I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Like, a, 
you know, he's like sent up another unit. So the protection isn't for the, or for her, That's it's right. for them, That's you know? Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, I love this woment. Yeah. It's funny because, um, I, uh, I wonder, so it was just sort of, um, uh, it was press for what movie was it? I can't remember. It literally just happened, uh, where, oh, John Wick three. Um, and, and the director of John Wick three was saying that he knows the Wachowskis are working on some more matrix stuff yes. and, you know, kind of walked it back, but then didn't. And, um, but I, I, so I bring that up because I wonder if this were approached today, mm-hmm. if Neo would still be the one or if Trinity would have, because watching it now, I feel like she's not, first of all. She's the more interesting character and the better actor. Well, (laughs) I love me, I do love me some Keanu. I love Keanu, do not get me wrong. Yes, but she, I guess she's the doer, but to be fair, she has been in the mindset for longer. So she mm-hmm. knows, you know, like we're watching Neo figure it out, which is fair. That's it's, and I don't think that Neo, like I would, I, I actually don't have a problem with Neo being the one, right. but I also feel like Trinity, the whole movie is kind of doing all the stuff. She totally <laughs> You is. know what I mean? Yeah. And then when he finally is like, I'm just going to go do this on my own. She's like, look, dude. That's real cute. Yeah. But like, I've been here since day one. That's my guy. I showed you how to do this. I'm coming. That's right. You know? Yes. Um, so first question I have for you before yes. I answer yours is, did you watch John Wick 3? Uh, no, you I haven't see seen it yet. yet. I've heard it's amazing. I, I've, yes. And I love me some so, Keanu and John Wick. Okay, I have to be honest with you. I've never seen a John Wick. Oh my God. I know. I'm going to the premiere, or the screener tomorrow. You've got to watch at least the first one. Yes. It's I, so good. Listen, I think I would love John Wick. It took me like a year to watch the first one after it came yeah, out. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those blind spots, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, not to sound like a grandma, but like, there's so <laughs> much content. There's so much to watch that if you miss it in the theater two weeks in, yep. you know, it's, it's usually gone. And so I think that's what happened with John Wick. I just missed them. I just saw Bohemian Rhapsody on the shelf at Target and I was like, oh, it's already out. I, God, I need to get my life together. Yeah, I mean, I need that to was, watch it. Yeah, a fast one. But I am so totally on board for for the John Wick of it all. And so I do, it's not like I'm boycotting. <clears throat> right, I, I right. just haven't gotten to it yet. Got it. Uh, so to answer your question, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think as long as the male counterpart could have done what Trinity did in this mm-hmm. and, and kind of like held her hand the way, but also being like guiding and loving without being too much of a jerk. Totally. Because like her being kind of a, a hard ass on him is, is endearing. Yeah. And you're also like, look, she's doing this for, I mean, I guess you would still think he was doing it for a bigger cause. I don't know. I I do believe that it would be better with a woman now though. Mm-hmm. I think for some reason, just, I don't know, after watching Wonder Woman, uh-huh. I just like want more female superheroes. Totally. Like that was the one there. I was just like, see, this is, this is how it can be. Yes. Like, and, and I know that we just focused on men being in every action movie and being the lead for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously every is a bit of an exaggeration, sure. but but literally like 95%, yeah. you know? So Trinity was the most badass person in the movie throughout. Yeah. And I think if it were made now, it would be, I think it would be switched because if it wasn't, it would just be too much of that like male testosterone badassery yeah. that like 
isn't always great. John Wick, it works because it doesn't take itself too, too seriously. Sure. The Matrix takes itself too seriously for it to be made now, I think, yeah. in the same way. It's interesting because I feel like, it will, to be, but to give a, give a, like a big thumbs up to The Matrix, in watching this cast, the ensemble cast is diverse, oh. is, is gender fluid, is like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, APOC and Switch totally, have their cool thing. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of fun to look at something from 1999 and go, wow, like the leader of this of this is a black man. Yeah. And, you know, Trinity is the one who is getting this shit done. And and if she didn't say that she loved him, maybe he wouldn't have been the one. Exactly. You know, and, and I mean, that's what's so cool about the Wachowskis or, or Wachowskis. I always don't know if I say their name right. Yeah. And, you know, the sisters now is that they it always felt like they were ahead of their time. Yeah. You know, and. And, you know, Reloaded and Revolutions aren't as great as the first one, but they're still fine enough. Mm -hmm. I do I do agree that when I watch that, because you don't really know when you're a kid, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in fifth grade, you don't really understand why this is so, like, aesthetically pleasing yeah. and, like, satisfying to see this incredibly diverse cast and powerful females and, and having a male hero lead that is the dumbest person in the room, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. It, it's, there's something so refreshing about it. I didn't really understand it. You know, and it's 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 a good. Um, I think it's a really good example. Neo is a character who is open to learning. Mm -hmm. He's open to trying. So it's not as though he's like, oh, everyone tells me I'm special, but right. I don't care. <laughs> right. He's like, all right, I hear you. Like, I'll try. You know, but it's it's fun watching him fall down. It's like the yeah. spider. It's like Spider Man learning how to use his powers. Essentially, exactly. Like that's what's humbling and endearing about that character. And I think that they really do do that with Neo and Keanu as that embodiment of that role. Perfect. He is perfect. Yes. And and he can be goofy and kind of the woe of yes. it all, but also kind of make that evolution to where at the end, when he's the one, you believe he's the y one. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's because of those kind of like whoa moments throughout, but you're like, I mean, honestly, when I walked out of the theater and for like the next couple months, I was like, oh my God. Am I, is this, are we in the matrix? Like, uh, is this real? Yeah. You know, it was, it was so convincing to me. And yeah. I, I think if you're not, if it wasn't played the way that he did, it wouldn't have been believable because anyone that would have felt comfortable in their shoes in that situation mm -hmm. would have just, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. How, you got that scene <clears throat> of when he wakes up in the fields where they're being harvested, mm -hmm. that shook me to the core as yeah. a kid. The, the whole thing was just so off-putting and like unpleasant to watch yes. and I didn't understand you know what they were trying to speak on really which is I mean obviously now we look ahead 20 years in the future and where we're at with climate change yep. and our you know the our environment and all that it's just it's it was fascinating again to see that as a 10 or 12 year old and then look at it again because I watched it you know like two days ago mm -hmm. to remind myself and it was just like wow they got it. The ideas are so big yeah. and yet they feel accessible yeah. Which is which is not an easy task. Right, because you look at that that field and all the machines harvesting it and yeah. you even see, you know, Neo throws up, but as an audience member, you really get it. Yeah. You're like, I, I understand. They're batteries. This is what human life has become. AI right. has taken over. You know, Terminator's won. Yeah. Like that, yeah. I, I got it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. There's some, um, I also really noticed this time around Hugo Weaving. Uh, he's great. He's so good. I mean, it's funny. I actually looked up because to use the example of, of Fellowship of the Ring, when I was doing that episode with Dennis, I looked up Ian McCallum because I didn't realize 
how, you know, I told the story on that episode, but basically, like, I slept through the middle of Lord of the of Fellowship of the Ring really? when I saw it in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad took us, and and I, I was like, oh, this is what I remember of this movie. Oh, there's... 19 years ago. Totally, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that said, though, I mean, Ian McKellen is remarkable and he was nominated for an Oscar for Fellowship. Yeah. Um, I looked up Hugo Weaving, and there's no acting, you know, nominations for The Matrix. There's lots of technical ones, obviously. But right. I, I do feel like today we could have, you know, um, in the 10 slot best picture, like I think The Matrix would, I do think The Matrix Definitely. would be there. And I also think that um, that maybe Hugo Weaving could have, like, eked something out. What's Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think with expanding the categories, The Matrix would definitely be up there for best picture, you know. It, it was revolutionary. You know, it changed the way that we made cinema. You talk about bullet time. You talk about totally. it being, you know, a pop culture and just honestly just changing culture in general. Um, I I wonder if it's just because people didn't know Hugo Weaving that yeah. well back then. Yeah. And now he's, like, very respected among us. Right. But, like, his performance is excellent and, and chilled to the bone. And yeah. his delivery is always so great. Great. Oh my gosh. It, it, I love him. You know, and then also you hear him, you know, he's got an accent and like how well he does the English or his the American yes. accent throughout is he's terrifying. Yeah. But he's kind of awesome. That scene where he's talking to Morpheus and he's just like, I'm a level with you. I'd hate this. Yes. That is I was just like, man, this is real good. I'm infected by it. <laughs> like yeah. the way that he chooses his intonation and, and the speech pattern, everything about it is like I know you act as well. Mm -hmm. You look at that and you're like, wow, he got nine lines on a piece of paper and he turned it into this bone chilling, yeah. deep, like deep monologue. You actually understand that the robots have what seems like emotion, yes. you know? And yeah, I think I a hundred percent think Hugo Weaving would have gotten nominated. And I honestly think, I think Lawrence would have gotten he's, nominated he's too. He's great in this movie. He's the coolest that anyone's ever been yes. in a movie. Yes. Like the glasses that don't have the legs. <laughs> yeah. Like even that's cool. It's cool. Whereas if I wore that, I'd look like a jackass. <laughs> I think you gotta be a real special kind of person <laughs> to pull that off. <laughs> yeah. And uh and I mean you could probably do it, but <laughs> I mean I could wear them, but <laughs> <laughs> But Lawrence Fishburne is like he is, he's cool and he his physicality is so I mean the that is I will say in actually giving this a proper watch um you I really appreciate at least in this first one especially that these are not um cartoon characters yeah. with a you know cool backdrop these are all actors giving great performances Joe Pantoliano oh he is so good at I, Cypher I love him and also I was kind of like you know what I'm Kind of agree with it. I do too. Yeah. Like why, like, because, I mean, obviously we get to jump on the story when they actually have the one. But right. how many other Neos have there been? Exactly. How many other heartbreaks and friends have died with agents? And like, that's, I, I still to this day have never seen a steak look so good in a movie. Word. Right? Word. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I, I don't know how they did it, but the way that he's, chew, uh, like, he cuts yes. it and he like takes a bite and he savors it. You're like, that guy's been eating mush Steak all day yeah, yeah but the, yeah yes, right yes, yes. Both, <laughs> yeah. but both you're right yes he's been yeah I, but yeah. as an actor you're saying like pantaleano has been eating steak after steak and but it's perfect and he's selling it it's so good but to your point yes like you really believe this guy is like fuck this yeah i'm out 
I want to live this way. I have been eating mush all day. I'm I'm over it. And I don't care if I'm living a lie. I would rather live a lie that I can be happy in yes. than know the truth and be struggling. So, and that that is such an interesting question that that I uh, so that I grappled with, um, especially coming to this movie twenty years later, because this movie, God, it. So the movie gets put out there, and as an audience, we can read into you know film and art, TV comics, whatever, whatever we extract from that, you Mm -hmm. know, obviously like we bring our own experiences to a piece of art and then whatever. It is fascinating to me, the legacy, the cultural legacy of the matrix, you know, the red pill is synonymous with MRA bullshit and 4chan and this, this really destructive way of life. But at the same time, I just read this beautiful op-ed celebrating 20 years in and reading the matrix as a metaphor for, for coming out as trans. And so I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense obviously with who directed it. Yes. And I mean, well, it's, it's very, I mean, there, there are moments like I wrote down a couple of quotes, you know, like I thought you were a guy most guys do yeah uh a living two lives That's such a great line yeah my yeah. name is neo like the idea that the the institution or, or smith keeps calling him mr anderson yeah. and he's finally like that's not my fucking name which is a conversation we have you know people uh, gen- people who are experiencing or, or who are transitioning people who whatever they're redefining their, their identity. identities yeah. exactly like have that conversation all the time so and everything in between that's so fascinating so isn't it amazing how like this movie has been interpreted by in so many like so so many different ways and and it's um it's a lot of scary ways but also a lot of beautiful ways Mm -hmm. um and at the end of the day you do have to ask those questions of like what you know, I I agree with Cypher, like in some ways. I, if it were me, Clark, I'd be like, no, no, I'm good. Because what are we fighting for? Right. Is it worth it? Like, And he's in love with someone exactly. that has no interest in him. Exactly. And he's stuck on a ship with her 24 hours. It's so funny. I've never really, <clears throat> I've always been like, I get where he's coming from. But right now is the first moment where I've really been like, man, maybe, maybe Cypher's not that bad of a guy. I mean, like, obviously what he does is terrible. Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, we don't know what he's been through. We don't know how long he's been there. And people are pushed to their limits. They can do anything. a really human struggle of, like, I believe... You know, it's interesting because you see... Uh, people with certain ideals or beliefs, and yeah, I believe in I believe in the change. I believe in the future, but then you get into it, and it's fucking hard. It's ugly and it's hard, and it moves at an incredibly slow pace. Exactly, and so that's when you start to go. I, you know, the it, um, uh, the notion of of the, of selling out, but also like you know, I'm getting older. I'm, I, what do I value? What are comforts mm-hmm. are good for me? And then how do you reconcile, um, looking out for your fellow human, but also being a human yourself and having desires and wants and. Well, cause we were having a conversation earlier, uh, mm-hmm. before you turn on the mic and you were like, I mean, I know it's not all about me and it's not all about us, right? but it also kind of is all about you at the end of the day. Sure. Right? Like obviously 
that's not how I look at it. It's like everything yeah. I do isn't for Clark Wolf. But at the end of the day, you got to take care of yourself. Right. You got to look out for number one. And that doesn't mean you have to be selfish or narcissistic, right. as you said. But God, we got to pay our bills, have a roof over our head, mm-hmm. and, and like be happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that comes from looking out for ourselves. Yeah. Cypher just went a little far. Yeah. And, and again, <laughs> like I do not condone Cypher's behavior. I do not condone his choices. I think he made some bad decisions. Um, but I also understand them. You know, to use a, a, a really like um, even more uh, broad strokes example, I remember watching The Walking Dead, the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead and being like, you know what? I think Shane kind of has a point. Like now, <laughs> yeah. now, is he doing it the right way? Yeah. Maybe not. But am I kind of team Shane? Yeah. Me but too. But see, that's what I think these great genre stories do is they, they, really force you to ask yourself those questions and yeah. and kind of be real with yourself. Um, but also recognize that that's what makes a good, I don't want to say anti-hero because that's sort of like thrown around so easily. Right. But also that's what that's what makes a good uh, antagonist is you can kind of understand where they're coming from. I mean, one of my favorite action movie villains is General Hummel from The Rock. Oh, totally. It's Ed Harris. And, totally. And, it, and I actually love, like he's my favorite character in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I root for him, even though I know he's going to lose. But it's because you gotta, you got, you can't just have these cardboard cutout villains. And even, even Agent Smith, because he is the cardboard cutout totally. baddie. But there's so many layers and depth to him, and Cipher's a part of that. And I think it's really important because, you know, I, I want to the best villains. In order to have a great hero, you have to have an incredible villain. Yes. And and to have a great villain, you've got to at least be able to see a little bit from their side. Mm-hmm. You got to understand them a little bit. And I think. I think that that they did such a great job between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I also love that we've been talking about the Matrix for however long now. We haven't even mentioned any action at all because right. that's what's so great about some of the best action movies out there. It's the moments in between. We always talk about that on our show because any movie can have great action and then a shitty story and you don't like it. Right. You know? Yeah. It, the fact that we haven't even talked about the action at all is what that reminds me of like why I love this movie so mm-hmm. much. And, and honestly, these other things that you've brought to my attention, I'd never even, you know, I was 12 when I saw it. Sure. And then kind of the, every time I turn it on, the 12 year old is watching it. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Of course. And so when you talk about 4chan, you talk about, you know, trans, you know, people transitioning and coming out and identifying it. It's like, holy shit. It's all there. Yeah. I love it. It's cool. It's so cool. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, Still, that lobby shootout scene, though, like oh. from an action standpoint, is maybe still like top three I, ever. Yes. So I'm glad you brought that up because one, one, I don't disagree with you. I uh-huh. don't. However, one thing I did want to bring up, and it's something I think about as a horror fan, actually, all the okay. time. Um, you know, this, so Matrix was, or, you know, him, especially as a horror fan, I have to think about and deal with, um, you know, blaming violence in our real world on movies and and glamorizing and all of that stuff. And, but I will say, and I've seen that sequence many times, Mm -hmm. you know, in clips and, and you can't be a fan of pop culture. And not have seen it. Exactly. Um, but I will say in 2019 with the amount of gun violence that we see in this country all the time. I had, it wasn't that I was like, oh, I can't watch this or shame on this movie. It was just like, how do I feel about this? Whereas in the 90s, you were like, oh my God, look at all these guns. This is so cool. I can't (laughs) wait to see which one they're going to shoot next. Yes. Look at all these cool, fully automatic weapons. Yes. Yeah. It is interesting that you say that because I 
I didn't have quite the same moment yeah. that you did, I don't think. But I did remember when it's like, well, what do you want? He's like, guns. Mm-hmm. Lots of guns. And like the kid in me is like, yes. But then mm-hmm. the adult me was like, huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, again, this is not me being like movie from 20 years ago. Shame on <laughs> right, you. Right. You know, um, it's just, again, as a horror fan, think about it all the time. I was sort of, um, you know, maybe working with a director to to write a, a reboot of a slasher franchise. Mm-hmm. And I and it's a slasher franchise that focuses on girls, on women. And, you know, I really kind of thought to myself, like, as a horror fan, how do I feel about maybe writing a movie where girls get killed? And that's it. And you kind of go, huh, how do I feel about that? How, you know, I feel, and you know what? I think the answer is you can feel a lot of ways about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, that's the thing that I think is the most important in these types of conversations is just like two things can be true at once. Yeah. You know? 100%. And you can watch that sequence and it could be one of the top three greatest action moments in like the history of modern film. Right. That can be true. But we can also kind of look at it and go, I feel weird. This is completely insensitive <laughs> to what's going on in our culture yeah, right now. Yeah, this makes me feel kind of weird. There was two school shootings last week. Exactly. You know, like, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And that's, again, that's why, like, as movie fan, I'm a big horror movie fan as well. And I, I mean, hell, Columbine happened after this movie exactly. came out. Exactly, You yeah. know, like, trench coats were banned in my schools. I couldn't wear trench coats Same. in middle school or high school. Same. Uh, not that I had any. Right, not but that like, you'd want to you necessarily. You couldn't yeah. have them, you know, and, and so... That was, I mean, that was another thing that was going on even back then when this movie came out yeah. 20 years ago. It was like, oh, well, the Matrix causes school shootings. And obviously it doesn't, but glorifying gun violence, yep. making it sexy, making it cool, making you think people can dodge bullets, maybe not the best thing to happen right now. But also, it does look cool. It does, like that, yeah. like Like that, and you know what? That is really interesting. Like from a directing standpoint, that that those are our hero moments. Yeah. Like yes, we, we you know we went over all the philosophical cool hero moments, um, and those are cool in different ways. But there is no denying the way it's shot and the way they're dressed. Oh yeah, and the way those actors and the music exactly like you. That is filmmaking working on all levels. Yes, right. Yep. And that means that the Wachowskis were successful. You know and. And yeah, it is cool. It's a cool fucking sequence. Yeah. So so yeah, it's just um, it's just a funny thing to think about. Well, yeah, and you honestly, let's say this movie came out now. Let's say it did come out now, whether it's male or female lead. Well, you know, we don't mm-hmm. know about that part. But this scene in particular would have been different. It wouldn't Agreed. be as many guns. It would be more martial arts. They would maybe use knives or, mm-hmm. or like other handheld weapons that make them seem more capable. Because the other thing that started happening. Uh, is, you know, even in a movie like John Wick, where he's just a, a guy that uses guns for the most part, but he uses like gun foo and he like fights, like he, right. he knows martial arts still. I think they would have focused more on their martial arts abilities instead of, because what happens in that scene is they use their martial arts abilities to use their guns cooler. Yes. You know? Yes. Whereas I think if it came out now, that scene in the lobby would have been maybe more hand to hand combat, mm-hmm. maybe more hand to hand weapons, not as many 
actual projectile like guns yeah. because there are other moments like cool hero moments later on where like Trinity's like dodge this and she shoots him in the head and yes. they don't need, you don't need to take those moments out sure. but this scene with 60 guns and 10 minutes of gunfighting and yeah. everyone dying it's like yeah. if it came out today I think it would be different or for I sure or I wonder if you instead of having them dressed as you know security guards or whatever you have them actually be Mr. Smith or you have them be the agents right. you know what I mean that was something where I was like oh I forgot about this right because at this point they're just killing police officers exactly but then in their mind they're like these aren't actually people exactly. or police officers so but you know the audience isn't making that <laughs> exactly. disconnect every time I in my head was like huh what and then when all the SWAT starts to come down and you've seen them as the agents sort of going back and forth earlier in the movie, I was like, oh, right. They take them over. That's, right. Yes, exactly. And so so I, I agree. I think, I think you just would have it handled slightly differently yep. to make it more clear about what is actually happening. Yeah, like they, they, these aren't actual innocent people being murdered right. for the greater good exactly. of whatever they're trying to accomplish. Yes. Yeah, yes. because again, you're right. It is just a bunch of police officers getting shot by people in trench coats right. in a building they're trying to protect. Yes. That's so yes. weird when you say it out loud like that. Yeah, it's, but you know what? Love this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, but it's, a, it's again, like, I, I want to reiterate, a lot of things can be true at once, yes, you know? Yes, completely. That's, that's what's good about sort of re-examining all of this stuff. And by the way, as we talked about earlier, this movie is still influencing people you know, on a on a micro level, it's still influencing science fiction and yeah. action on a bigger industry level. Um, you know, so and these ideas are clearly relevant if you know the they're working on something else in this world. I was just gonna say, and the the fact that you can still just say the Wachowskis, yes, and people are like, I'll probably watch it, totally. I'll at least pay attention to it. The big swing, man. Yeah, they they are they are so. I just, I think, and, and admittedly, I have not seen all of their body of work. Same. Um, but I do think that they are, you know, taking big swings, and I always appreciate a big swing. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Scanner Darkly came out, and mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? Yeah. I've never even seen anything like this. Because yeah. there was... It was like this weird cartoon on late night TV, I can't remember, that it looked like around the same mm -hmm. animation. I was like, what did they... What are they doing? But yeah. then I watched and I was like, okay, this is interesting. Again, very interesting. That's what they're great at is, I mean, there's been some misses, sure. definitely, for sure. As, yeah. as are in a lot of directors' filmographies. Yes. But I, I would love to see them do another just revolutionary, because like if, if they could find that gold again, or even the silver, mm -hmm. not even the gold that they got with The Matrix, but the silver right behind it and make another movie like that, they got a lot to say, mm -hmm. and they're they're a lot different now than they were twenty years ago. Yep. And I just wonder what that would be like. Yeah, I know? agree. I agree. Um, so before we move on, mm -hmm. are there any other things about the Matrix that you want to say, or can yeah go to the phone? Trying to think, yeah, because I'm pretty sure I I took I always take notes now when I watch movies because because sh Schmodown and yep. and work and and everything and and I. I don't think I did this time just because I was I I know this movie like from front yeah. to back by heart. I love the love story in uh -huh. this movie so much. Mm -hmm. It's it's never too heavy handed, and you kind of know the whole time, like with the Oracle, and like right. you know, you, you, Trinity never says what she feels, but the actual love story, it's it's never too much, and mm -hmm. it's just enough. And I still at the very end when she says she loves him mm -hmm. and kisses him, it's it's kind of corny. Mm -hmm. 
but I, I, it just gets me every time. Yeah. It makes me so happy. And, and, and the, the idea that love wins at the end of the day, no matter what, yes. I think is like a very simple idea, but like one that never needs to be forgotten. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say that one of the reasons why James Cameron's movies are so good is because every single one of them is a love story. Mm-hmm. And you think about it and you're like, oh yeah, whether it's between Newt mm-hmm. and, and uh, Sigourney or whether it's between, you know, Leo and, and Kate, it's yeah. like, it's... You feel the love, you know, and I, I really love the love story in this. I think that, um, I don't know. I just think this is Carrie Ann Moss's just best performance. Actually, great. she's so good in Memento too, yeah. as the opposite of what she is in this. Right. But I think she's just the star of this film. Yeah. Like her and and Hugo and Lawrence over over Keanu. Yeah. And Keanu does great. Yeah. But. I love her in this. Well, and he and he is, you know, coming into it, you know, and we and they are they are um, the foundation. Yeah, you know, and yes, I I agree. They they are. I I don't know if I've ever seen. Again, I've never seen. I haven't seen all of their filmography, but I don't know if I've ever seen Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne be better um, or give a better performance. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. Carrie Ann Moss is is exceptional in this movie. She's doing a lot. And I think it could be really easy for that character to have been, uh, you know, just your standard action lady fair, you know, which is fine. But but she, I think, brings a lot of sensitivity. Yes. And and in the casting, I think. I think that probably comes from who was cast in the movie in the sense of where they were at in their careers. None Mm -hmm. of these people other than Keanu were really superstars. Right. You know, And, and. and them getting a chance to be in something like this, Hugo uh, seeing this as his opportunity to break through in America, and yeah. like Carrie Ann Moss being like, "Look, I've been around. Like, this is what I can do." Yeah. And Lawrence, Lawrence doing the same thing. It was mm-hmm. just, I. You talked about the ensemble cast earlier, and I love Joe Pantoliano. <sighs> He's so great yes. in this as Cipher. It's, it, it was like you said, it was movie magic working on every level. Yes, a little Montley crew. I love it. <laughs> I also wrote down so much running. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> because just as like a person who is trying to get more fit, but also is like, it is hard to run that much. Oh, and they, I hate running. I mean, they are like, uh, and you know, like keep in mind, audience, I'm not trying to be condescending, but like how take after take after take after take and and for these people who aren't stunt people, like the 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 agents could be stunt guys. The other two. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? For sure. Like fine. But um but man, if you are one of those principal actors, like you're just working your ass off. Yeah, you talk about take after take after take with martial arts, with running and all that, like I bet this was such an exhausting film set. Yes. And I think maybe that's also why we feel the love. Like, it feels like they were all in it together. I I mean, I know that Chad Stilisky and David, the two directors of of, uh, John Wick, Uh they were stunt guys that worked with Keanu on this. So I I imagine that there was at least enough love on set for them to be like, all right, that guy's great. And him him wanting to work with them again. Yeah. Yeah, I... I think it just all really worked out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And I do like, because, you know, the the lore is that um, Will Smith was supposed to be Neo. He turned it down for uh, the Kenneth Branagh. Wow, 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 West. West. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, could, yeah. not a good call. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> um, but, uh, and and um, Sandra Bullock was, you know, involved at some point. Um, and I do love a Sandy B. I like both of them. I, I, like, I like Sandy B a lot more than Will. But yeah. honestly, I... 
it would have been too distracting with either of them in yes, there. Yes, I agree. And so what's interesting to me is with the Keanu of it all, because I do want to point this out, like, you know, people have taken this movie and, and watched it and gathered good things from it, maybe not so good things from it. But Keanu Reeves, the guy, is just like, he's such a good dude. I love reading every story yes. about him online. I mean, he's, I've only met him maybe twice. Okay. And twice. Once was behind the scenes and once was in an interview setting. Um, but both times, just the most cool down to earth, like dude. And I, you know, we've all read the stories of him being a mensch, you know, in real life, but also like giving his money away. Yeah. Just like, you know, it's so pulling over and helping people with broke down cars, yes. you know, like things like giving up his seat on the subway. It's like, I, I didn't really know much about his filmography or really him as an actor when I saw the matrix. And then honestly, the next 10, 15 years for him were like fine, yeah. you know? And now it seems like he's really like, he's not, like you said, it's like everyone loves him yeah. now. He's become like this icon in pop culture, but it's good. You know, it's so like we were talking, I think, I think it was off the camera or I mean, when we weren't recording, we were talking about how like the success of your friends yes. is so great and they're good people yeah. and you want that to happen to them. And yeah. it just is so nice when you, cause I know a lot of stories about a lot of really famous people that are fucking terrible yep same and same they're just these. and they're at the top of the food chain and they're killing it and they've got four more movies lined mm -hmm. up and billion dollars mm -hmm. in the bank and they're just the worst yeah and so you hear about keanu who's the exact opposite and him coming back now and the success of john wick you're just like oh i'm so happy for yeah. you yeah and it's also cool too because he's not a hyper masculine no that's also something that's neat is like i think you could argue in like those traditional that traditional language that trinity is more masculine than you know than or Carrie Ann Moss in this movie yeah. is more masculine than Keanu Reeves in this movie. And that's a choice. Yeah. Uh, you're hanging an action franchise on a non hyper masculine actor. Who, don't get me wrong, he's not, so, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I completely understand. He's not just like, hey, bro, in your face. Exactly. He's, he's like soft-spoken. Yeah. He's not sure about himself. Yeah. I, it's it's a choice, and it's a cool choice. It was a great choice. I think it made Neo more approachable and palatable for yes. an audience, because if it's just like, this macho dude who's the one who's going to save, it's just like, oh, yeah. cool, I've seen this movie a, a million times. That's exactly, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah, totally. All right, so I give everyone a chance to add a movie. I, yep. To the list that is not on the list. <laughs> uh, so do you, do you have a movie that you would care to add to the list? I do. I have, the, I, I love this movie. I think this might be my favorite movie ever. Okay. And it's Boogie Nights. Nice. I love it. I don't know... I don't know, I didn't know why I loved it so much when I first saw it, because uh -huh. I, I was introduced to it because of the scene, the drug deal gone bad scene, which is mm -hmm. the scene, mm -hmm. you know, and my friends told me about this in college, and I watched it. I remember watching that scene and just being like, who are these people? Mm -hmm. Okay, I recognize you guys. Why, what movie is this? <laughs> but then I remember when it ended, I started it over. And I watched it like five times. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, what movie? And, you know, it was Boogie Nights. What is Boogie Nights? And then people, t so I watched it. And I, the performances in that movie, I think it's, 
I can't say it's everyone's best performance because mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in there. Right. And, but honestly, his performance as Scotty J is one of his best performances ever. Mm-hmm. Thomas Jane has never been better. Mm-hmm. I don't think John C. Riley has either. Mm-hmm. And I love him. This is the perfect role for Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. He just gets to like play himself. And same with Reynolds and Julie. I mean, every single person, this ensemble cast is amazing. And as an actor and as a film lover, for me, it's it's so perfect and it doesn't even have to, you know, like this movie is about finding the one and accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. This, you know, Boogie Nights is really just about finding happiness yeah. as an adult, which we know how hard that can be, especially in entertainment. Yeah. Um, I just, I love it. I love the performances. Every scene is perfect. There's not a wasted moment. Every character is so clearly defined. And when people ask me like, what's, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, Oh, Boogie Nights. It's like kind of like a, it's like a movie in the eighties about making porn. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, but it's not really about that, even yeah. though it's totally about that. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of dirty and gritty. The fact that Paul Thomas Anderson wrote it when he was 18 mm-hmm. is like, how are you smarter than I am now <laughs> when yeah. you were 18? Um, I, I just, I think it's so perfect and the emotion in it. And, and honestly, it has a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And I do like happy endings. Happy endings are good. Yeah. Where do you stand on Paul Thomas Anderson in general? Honestly, now I don't feel great about him. Okay. I do still love him and I hope that he kind of can figure it out. But Inherent Vice and The Master for me just didn't feel... Oh, The Master. Right? Oh, I straight up fucking hate The Master. It's, it's terrible. I it, wanted to set that movie... Th- yeah. I, 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 I wanted <laughs> yeah, I to like, just, yeah. And like... I don't think that Philip Seymour Hoffman doesn't do a good job in no, it. No, of course. I think he's great. It's not I think the Joaquin acting. does a great job. Or no, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I remember watching it and I was just like, I've wanted to sh- take a shower afterwards. Yeah. It's just gross and weird. And, and for someone, and because I also love Magnolia. Yeah. I really do. So I don't, and I, and I, I like There Will Be Blood mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and I think it's mainly because of Daniel Day Lewis, but I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him now. Not great. Yeah, I feel conflicted myself. I am uh, actually one. It's funny because I like him as a guy. Mm-hmm. Love listening to him give interviews. Yeah, I love and hearing he, his interviews. You know, he's so cool and thoughtful and fun, and mm-hmm. and and also he's married to Maya Rudolph, so he's yeah, clearly I mean, got good he's taste. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, which also what an interesting pair. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um. And also, I will say that I think There Will Be Blood is an American classic. Yeah. Like, I think that movie is going to stand the test a hundred years down the line. I just got chills thinking. I love that movie. Every performance in it is incredible. The, The... dark and intense and yeah it's it's a it is a it is an experience and i get more from it every time i watch it Mm -hmm. but that said i don't like any of his other movies none of them not you don't like boogie you don't like magnolia yeah nope and that's what's so interesting about him right yes because i can feel so strongly about a couple of his films and so negatively about some of his other ones there's not really many directors that are that polarizing like true uh, you know, you look at, let's say you look at Spielberg, mm-hmm. you know, the, one of the greatest period. And there's not movies in there that I really just like despise. Right. There's movies that I don't really like. I don't, I don't really go revisit them, but like I will never watch the master. Nope. Again. I sure will. You won't. know, I nope. don't ever really want to watch inherent vice again. Yeah. And I like Magnolia, 
but I'd really just rather watch the scenes from that totally, again. Totally, like yeah. Like the scenes that I really love from it. Yes. So yeah, it's funny because I had the same, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to add that Tom Cruise in Magnolia. Best, I, best acting he's ever I done. I mean, he is exceptional. <sighs> and so you just, yes, yeah, so the scenes, I want to watch yeah. the scenes, but also I'm like, God, this sucks. Or like, the, not the movie sucks. I'm saying like, God, this is not fun. I yeah, it's not enjoyable. I, not enjoyable. That's yeah. what, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, and I like, Honestly, if what I if I could sit and listen to him on set talk to his actors before these scenes, that would be like that would be my favorite movie yeah. of all of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I would just love to hear what he has to say to get these performances out of these people, you know. I mean, obviously Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of the greatest ever, but his range and his difference of, of character in Magnolia mm-hmm. and Boogie Nights is just He's so incredible. And again, Thomas Jane is so good in Boogie Nights. And I don't think he's a very good actor. Sure. That's (laughs) that's a fair assessment. Yeah. So I, if I could add one to the list, it would be Boogie Nights. I think it's just such a complete, and it's also other than There Will Be Blood. Because There Will Be Blood is his most complete, linear, well-told story. Magnolia, he goes a little off the rails. Right. The other ones are crazy. Right. But yeah, Boogie Nights, I feel like is his second most, like, perfect story. I yeah. love the beginning, middle and end. I love I mean even William H Macy who's only in it for half of mm-hmm. it. I lo- that turn in the movie where it just gets dark. Mm-hmm. And I like Darren Aronofsky a lot too for the same reasons. Sure. Like I love Requiem for a Dream and I don't know many people that would ever watch that movie more yeah. than once. Yeah. But I love that that dark turn and how well PT uses it. Totally. It's, I yeah. I agree. It's interesting. I am um, I went and saw um Phantom Thread uh, with oh, a friend. I still haven't seen that. So I, I kind of was like, oh man, d- this is, what's he do? What's Daniel Day-Lewis retiring on? This right. is weird. And knowing how I feel about PTA anyway. Um, but a friend invited me to go see it and I was like, sure. Um, I will say that the theater I saw it in really enjoyed the movie. The um, and, and, and well, I, I enjoyed it too. Okay. But I say that because, you know, sometimes if you're watching a movie and the audience is not liking oh, it, yeah. yep. it, it can like really. But, but sometimes if the audience is liking it, that can like can make, pick you up. Exactly. Um, I think that Phantom Thread is, you know, look, it's not. It, I see why it wouldn't be for everyone. But what's cool about it in the filmography is that it's just a completely different kind of mood, you know. Right. And that, and and I think it's perfectly entertaining. Okay. And I don't think it's boring. And there is a dark sense of humor to it. Um, but you know, it is. It's a weird sell from the guy who brought you Magnolia and Boogie Nights right. to here's a story about a fashion designer in like the 1900s, and yeah. you're like, what? Yeah, that's the other thing is his movies. They have no rhyme or reason, right? What he his next project, and that's I, it's so funny. I completely thank God we talked about this because if I got asked a question about Phantom Thread and I forgot that he directed it or something, because I just had it. Never saw it. Sure. Fell off my radar. Completely forgot. And that's okay. I love Daniel Day Lewis too. Yeah, it's worth it. I think it's worth a watch. I do. Um, you know, it might not be your favorite, but it's right. not. It's not like the master. At least it wasn't for me. Because, right. because similar to you, yeah, I will never watch that movie again. <laughs> I think it is garbage. Yeah. Um, and I don't say that about many things. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about a movie like this. Ooh, I hated the master. Yeah. Um, but um, I felt I felt like offended when I finished. I was like, I love all these people so much. 
how could I hate this so much? Yeah, and yeah. I think that sometimes I get to a place where I'm like, you're just being weird for weird sake. Yep. And and do not I you know I'm I'm too old for this. Oh, you just didn't get it. Fuck off. I got it. Yes. This, no, like don't. I'm not 26, and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. I guess I just didn't get it. No. Like, no, you you know what you're doing. I got it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um, last bit of the thing or trivia. I wanted to mention about Paul Thomas Anderson that I just love, and it might make no sense. Um, have you ever heard of Goulardi? So, I don't think so. Okay, so you know how like Elvira is like a you know horror movie host, and yeah. she like comes or whatever. So in Cleveland, in Ohio. There was a guy named Goulardi, and he would like come on, and he had like a funny beard, and he would tell silly jokes, and he would show you movies. My mom used to watch Goulardi. Goulardi is Paul Thomas Anderson's dad. What? And his production company is called like Goulardi, some like the the logo right. of the guy who kind of has a funny beard and like whatever. That's his dad. That's his dad. And. What? This, <laughs> I need to go. I have to like go read and watch this yes. so I can completely understand. There's again no reason anyone who didn't leave live in Cleveland, Ohio, or know about weird horror hosts from the seventies <laughs> right. or the sixties, you would never know about this. Um, but I was listening to WTF with Mark Marin, and I think it came up on that, and I was like. Mind blow. Wait, I mean, uh, yes. PTA was on. Yes. I need to listen to that. Which, by the way, yeah, if anybody listening, like, that's a great conversation. Yeah, uh, I really, really love that interview specifically with with him and and Marin. But um, but yeah. So Google Goulardi. Google Goulardi. I will. I'll say that <laughs> five times yeah, fast. Exactly. It's a good tongue twister. Uh, but um, that just blows my mind every time I think about it. I just think it's so funny and cool. It's so fascinating. So he's just been in it his whole life. Yeah, makes sense why he could write that when he was eighteen. Right. And also, Heather Graham has never been as good. Correct. Yeah. Agree. And Julianne Moore is just a goddamn legend. She's great. She's so good in everything. But yes, in his movies in particular. She goes for it. Yeah. And she's heartbreaking. She's always heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. He really writes for her. Yeah. Yeah. He really, I would love, I mean, you again, as an actor, meeting someone like that and that would writes a role that you just look at and you're like, oh my God. God, yeah. this is everything I've ever wanted to do on screen. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Well, this was great. This was so fun. I am so glad that I we was, did this. I was like a little nervous because oh, I no. wanted to make sure that I gave you a good show. <laughs> you gave me a great show. <laughs> Print it. Yeah. But this Sold. Is, this is amazing. Thank it was you. such a treat. Thank you. And I'm so glad that you picked this movie uh, and we were able to have this conversation. Me too. Together about this movie. So just like being like, it was cool when he got shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's cool. It was a good talk. All right, my friend. Well, this was great. And thank you. Thank you. friends that is going to do it for us today i really hope you enjoyed this week's episode um it was such a great conversation as i said many times before andrew guy is a lovely human being and one of my favorite people and um this was a great talk and i'm really glad we had it and don't forget you can find him on clash royale esports um and you can also keep your eye out for him in the movie trivia schmodown uh, among other places and uh there's more with me and andrew guy coming this thursday to patreon patreon.com slash clark wolf for five dollar and higher monthly contributors the mini will be up this thursday thank you guys 
guys so much for listening. Thank you all for your support. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I will see you next time. Thank you.